Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to Temporary Admission podcast where we speak to some of the art industry's most influential people to find out who they are, what they've been up to, and what's next. Today we're going to be joined by gallery director and entrepreneur Joe Kennedy to talk about everything from NFTs, how he's built the gallery from scratch, and what's next. Joe, it's great to have you here today. Thank you. No problem. And I know, uh, Joe, we've been working with you at the gallery for a number of years now. And it's been great to see the gallery go from kind of strength to strength, which is um, which is fantastic. But for those of our listeners that don't already know who you are or haven't had a chance to visit your gallery, could you just give us a bit of a brief overview as to who you are and what it is you're up to right now? Cool. My name's Joe Kennedy. I'm one of the co-founders of Unit London. We started in 2013 as an artist-led space in the suburbs of London, which is now uh, housed in Hanover Square in Mayfair. Alongside the gallery, we also um, have just recently launched uh, Institute, which is the first art world NFT platform, which is working with artists at the intersection of art and technology and championing digital artists who we feel are going to be really, really important for the next decade. And the, the ethos behind the gallery has always been to break down barriers of entry to market for for people really you know um, kind of trying to challenge the elitism and the exclusivity that's often associated with the art world and just basically being kind of young and that's allowed the gallery to kind of uh, develop this really diverse and progressive program which spans usually like 20 shows a year in our London gallery with an additional 24 online exhibitions which run in parallel to the gallery program and then on top of that there's always international projects some fairs which we're starting to do next year as well but really like driving force of the gallery is just a focus on on talent above all else and you know supporting artists that have an important kind of cultural message and uh yeah and then and you know we're just moving into this really exciting time in culture where it feels like there's a real transformational shift happening in the move from web 2 to web 3 or artists that have been sidelined really for a long time from the contemporary art world because they didn't fit the criteria of uh, effectively like what the, what the market um, sells. Uh, you know, like digital artists for a long time have, have kind of been forced to the side because galleries, auction houses haven't been able to like ascribe value to the work. And so they can't sell it, so they don't represent it. And those digital artists don't actually end up, you know, at the core of, of art history. But, but now, you know, with the advent of NFTs and blockchain, those digital works can actually have uh, a uniqueness and an inherent value, which allows basically allows them to be monetized, which is going to completely change the scope of what's possible for digital artists. It literally just feels to me that everywhere we look, whether you're in the art world or not, it just seems to be NFTs, NFTs everywhere. And I don't know whether that's because of the, you know, the recent interest in NFTs because of the large sale with Beeple and everyone was talking about how can this possibly sell for £69 million. But I think I'd be interested to find out a little bit more around kind of what your plans are for Unit London and how your new kind of platform Institute 
how you plan on kind of running those or kind of how they differentiate or correlate. Would you be able to kind of expand a little bit on your plans for that for us? So Institute is is kind of set up as a separate entity to Unit London, working collaboratively with other galleries and curators and and artists, um, but also, you know, founded by us at the same time. So like borrows a lot of like the kind of independent spirit that kind of runs through Unit London and and also just this this kind of idea of dragging the art world kind of out of its kind of antiquated behaviours and systems and ideals and into something which is more progressive and forward thinking. Okay, I'm with you. But how did that work then when you obviously you recently opened your NFT exhibition over in the space in Covent Garden? And that was also the launch of Institute at the same time. What kind of was your thought process behind that and how did that work? Yeah, that was, I mean, it was was a bold move from us to launch a platform and then launch it in the way that we did with a physical exhibition of a hundred artists, international artists. And that, you know, anyone that has organized exhibitions before knows that like a show of, of one artist, a lot of the time is, is stressful enough, but when you have a hundred different artists with different needs, um, and especially when, you know, the format of, you know, minting the NFT, presenting the NFT and all of the kind of logistical technical aspects um, that have to be considered that come along with that is a massive challenge and something really new for us as well. There's a lot of um, kind of dissent, I think, around NFTs at the moment, particularly like from the art world that gets leveled at NFTs, pretty much every criticism under the sun has been has been leveled. A lot of it, I think, is just a fear based reaction to to the threat that that NFTs pose. Yeah, I just think you're so right there, because a lot of people seem to have such negative perceptions towards NFTs for almost no reason that I can seem to fathom. I mean, up until recently, I didn't know too much about NFTs, I have to admit. And then I had to go away and kind of educate myself and and read up about it. But now that I understand it, I think it's more, like you say, the fear-based reaction to potentially, you know, how galleries and and how individuals have um, operated previously within the art market and how that might be changing. Yeah, exactly. Like the the threat that NFTs and blockchain poses towards their kind of economic models of the way they run their businesses, you know, there's transparency is at the forefront of blockchain, the equitable resale uh, royalties that are embedded into the tokens, uh, you know, whenever it reminds me of when we started the gallery in 2013. And, you know, we had no other option but to use social media to build a community It was much more about like, let's cast the net far and wide and and you know create a, a brand that stands for something that people can connect with and for us like having you know when we hit our first 100 followers on facebook that was like that was like a big deal for us you know even though it was all like just our mates and but you know that that idea of community really kind of was at the forefront and it still is at the forefront of everything we do you just uh, and and that's really driven the gallery forward and that community is is a really big part of like blockchain and the nft space you know it's it's a it's a brand new uh movement really and it's it's very very community led i mean you know one of the core tenets of the space is around decentralization which is essentially just community-based validation a lack of well, a supposed lack of hierarchy or centralized power systems and stuff. So yeah, community has always been really important. And since we launched the platform, the NFT community that we're building is authentic and interesting and really refreshing because the values of this new kind of decentralized Web3 world is so at odds with like the, the ideals of the, you know, the traditional art world. 
it just poses a really interesting threat to the sort of what some people are calling the legacy art world. But things are, things are just going to change and things are changing right now. And it feels amazing to be a part of it. And with Institute, we've really tried to kind of disassociate people's perception of NFTs as just like collectibles or speculative assets, um, financial assets into actually focusing on not the commerce of it, but, but actually like the art form itself, you know, working with artists who are utilizing smart contracts to, to create stories and to create dialogue between the artist and the collector, like, you know, artists now using time as a medium, for example, like in smart contracts. And uh, and yeah, so so like it's just a really interesting time in the last six, seven months of building the platform and just kind of really deep diving into the community has been so eye-opening for us. And you can really feel like this kind of groundswell of, of momentum, which I, I've never really experienced. That's great, though. And it's almost like you're pioneering a kind of new way of working for galleries or institutions kind of embracing these digital technologies to kind of enhance what you've always or previously been doing which is it's really nice to kind of see a gallery doing that and kind of embracing it to such an extent and it feels like things are things are really changing and you know like i say it reminds me of 2013 when we started with instagram because we had to and uh, you know everyone in the art world as we were starting to kind of get a bit of notoriety or people started to hear about us they just dismissed us as like the an instagram gallery or are oh, they use social media so they're not serious <laughs> and it's just you know you look at it now and it's like every gallery, auction house, dealer, artist. If you don't have Instagram, you're not really part of the, the game. But that initial reaction back in the day leveled at us because of Instagram and social media is exactly the same as what I'm seeing now with the art world versus NFTs. Um, and I think there's, in my view, there's there's an element of inevitability around the move towards digital art world. And and I think just the, the, the NFT, NFT technology is just like the perfect like kind of tool or vehicle for that to happen. Yeah, and I like to think I know how your recent NFT exhibition kind of went and, and what was the thought process behind that because I was lucky enough to be able to go and visit it. But for our listeners that weren't, could you just explain the process a little bit more around kind of how it worked running or kind of showcasing a physical exhibition for something virtual like an NFT? Yeah, well, no, I mean, the, the exhibition was an Institute exhibition. So, I mean, a, a big goal for us with Institute is to also physicalize NFTs and create like real life experiences. Because I think people are having like, an existential crisis when when people hit that huge sale at Christie's and people are thinking, oh my God, like, is, is everything just going to be screen based now? And no, like, no one's going to talk to each other and it's going to be like ready player one kind of <laughs> life. Um, but for us, it's really important to like bring those abstract digital concepts into into real life to give them context and, and help people to understand and like institute is is not a purely crypto platform and it's not purely kind of geared or catered towards the, the the hardcore crypto community it's very much looking to build a bridge between the art world and this kind of new crypto world and not to kind of just map all of the problems or existing structures of the art world onto the crypto world but to to kind of just reconcile the two in a way you know like kind of help to cultivate the crypto crowd and educate them on what good art might be and also to educate the kind of traditional art collectors into you know starting to appreciate digital artists and digital art and those new art forms and also you know get into understanding the economics of blockchain and resale royalties and smart contracts there's there's like a lot of education basically that needs to happen on both sides but these these communities exist on different platforms that they have different ideologies entirely so there's loads of really interesting conversations but lots of work that needs to be done on both sides and institute is really positioned right in the middle so we're trying to kind of cultivate an idea of what good digital art might be and, and the F nfts in and of themselves aren't artworks NFTs are just contracts. So that's also like a big kind of myth really around NFTs. People are like, oh yeah, NFTs are just art. It's like, well, they're not. NFTs 
are 95, 97% collectibles, brand IP, hospitality, retail. Like there's so many applications for NFTs and digital art NFTs are just a very small part of that whole ecosystem. Yeah, for sure. And I think something that I find particularly interesting with NFTs is the perception that you can somehow link them with a physical piece of artwork to help make that more traceable. But my understanding is that that isn't the case. And I'm sure you'll touch on that in a a little bit. But have you had any artists that you currently work with, maybe that, you know, work with more traditional um, media, such as paint, for example, looking to explore NFTs and asking you how to do that and whether they can link their existing paintings with an NFT? Is that something that you've kind of had to speak with artists about more regularly? So we had a couple of conversations around this, like you can't link a physical object to a smart contract, at least to my knowledge, like I, I, because we, we had this, this conversation, well, multiple times we've had this conversation with, with artists. You, there's nothing to stop, um, you know, you could, it's all well and good having a smart contract attached to like, you know, the purchase of physical work, but you could very easily sell the smart contract on chain and then just just keep the work uh, essentially to my knowledge at the moment there's no way of, of intrinsically linking those two things so it's a it's a lovely concept but i just at the moment i don't think it has any like practical use case yeah exactly and how does that process work then with institute and kind of the artists that you choose to work with and um, with institute we we are working with jake chapman you know, like YBA artist, his first ever NFT, which sold at auction, achieved a really good price. But, you know, he's someone who's completely unaware, you know, but his, his work was actually really well considered. And there's lots of artists who, in fact, I mean, not even artists, there's lots of sort of like 14 year olds who just, you know, suddenly think they're shit hot artists because they've scammed up a digital illustration on their computer. And, and lo and behold, it sells for like $2 million because for whatever reason, you know, whether it's a pump and dump scheme or whether they just hit the right person at the right time, the aesthetics of, of the crypto world are vastly different to, I guess, the more cultivated kind of aesthetics of art collecting, let's say. And so it's not dissimilar to like outsider artists. You know, it kind of reminds me of that. You have these these artists who've been sidelined by the art market and the art world for so long, um, or you know, even street artists. Um, it's like you know, you have these illustrators who who are now kind of like achieving this amazing success, really, in, in an objective way. Because if you're selling a you know one of your works for a million dollars, like who's to say you're not successful? I mean, by any account, that that is successful. And from their perspective, they've got an amazing community which is they're super engaged with, like super super engaged with. And you know, you could argue that like you can't take that away from them. Um, it's it's just a, a very new aesthetic and it's kind of not substantiated with any of the sort of institutional academic context that the art world has managed to sort of provide for artists. So it's it's just it's just very new. It's like new aesthetics, new collectors, everything is very, very new. And then when you throw into that whole mix collectibles, which um which are sometimes kind of diluted or or kind of like conflated with um with with art with digital art and digital artists that's when it becomes tricky because you have christie's and sotheby's showing you know great digital artists but then they're also showing bored apes you know and things like that and then it starts to get tricky yeah exactly and how do you see um the kind of future of unit london and and institute kind of working is there going to be much crossover between the two or are you going to try and keep them quite separate um well there will certainly be some crossovers I, i i mean i think I think what's going to happen is uh, is, is artists are going to be not kind of exclusively digital or non-digital. I think artists are going to 
more and more just kind of use this um the technology and the tools that are available to them to create new work and i think we'll probably have artists that we represent at unit london who will start to experiment with digital work and actually like a lot of even just painters that we work with have been working with like really hardcore digital practice for a long time but like the digital compositions they make or the digital parts of their work just kind of get left on the studio floor and like never leaves the studio to see the light of day because previously it's never had any sort of value right it's just like part of the process and the painting is what comes out at the end um but now they're kind of like reviewing that and going oh actually well maybe this is maybe this process is also part of my my work and maybe this could be you know part of what i want to show so yeah i mean you know london will certainly be I mean, just from proximity to institute will you know we'll have we're very conscious of you know as a gallery our our spirit is very much forward thinking and breaking the mold and we want to be ahead of the curve the whole time and so naturally i think we will be doing more uh you know kind of like participatory exhibitions with digital artists um or you know maybe even representing digital artists and i think also our, our existing artists many of them are already experimenting with like digital or have existing digital parts of, of what they do and i think to be honest you're going to see in the next couple of years you're going to see every gallery having an nft platform attached to their to their website um i just, I just think it's an inevitability yeah, exactly. And I think if we can take any direction from galleries really starting to embrace the digital over COVID, you know, you've got galleries such as Masimo de Carlo opening their virtual viewing room, um, vSpace, I think it's called. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right, um, that they're going to start having kind of their own NFT platforms as well. But it certainly sounds like you've got a lot on at the moment. And, you know, with the launch of Institute, I'm sure that's kept you pretty busy but what would you say is kind of in the pipeline what are the plans for institute what are the plans for the gallery and kind of what's next for you well <laughs> there's there's a lot going on i mean we are focusing more next year on art fairs so uh we've been having some really exciting conversations we've been invited to some of the top top fairs like the, the big ones which feels like a big step forward for the gallery just in terms of those fairs are sort of like validators really of, from the inside of the art world and so that feels like a really big step forward um so more fairs i mean the nft platform is just so exciting right now and um the business is growing really really fast and we're in conversation with like some incredible incredible people artists collectors curators uh, museums and institutions so there's going to be a big focus there and you're going to see a lot of things happening on that front um and then with the gallery it's just more of the same I and mean, we just opened a exhibition which is entitled song of songs and it's curated by rachel thomas who's the senior um, curator and head of exhibitions at uh, IMA, the irish museum of modern art and some incredible artists in the show there's we have like barty kerr so we're working with hauser for barty kerr linda sterling um claire Omerod, um jesse mochrin stacy gillian arbe Sushitra Matai, who's an artist that we have a solo exhibition with next year, but the works are in dialogue with Eiffel Kolkun, who's um, one of the British Surrealists. She was kind of outcasted from the Surrealist group and is just sort of this pioneer of kind of free-spiritedness, basically, and individuality, and it's just such an incredible show. And it's, you know, half a non-selling show. We had we had loans um, of her works from three uh, loanies who um, are kind of like really trusted, like close collectors of, of Eiffel's work. And she has a big show coming up at the Tate next year. So it's a really timely exhibition. And so we're, we're, we're focusing much more as well on kind of really the shows that like everyone dreams of doing, like kind of more historical exhibitions where we're placing contemporary artists in dialogue with more historical artists. That's a big focus for us, I guess, moving away from more like exclusively commercial programming and 
into more kind of curatorial work, which is, like I say, I mean, it's like the dream position because, you know, when we started the gallery, we had to sell everything as soon as we could to whoever we could for whatever price just to, to keep the lights on. And um, and now the, the gallery is in a place where we can start to be more expansive, basically, with our programming and, and our focus. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, not a huge shift in our perspective, but it's just something that's just happened naturally over the course of the last seven years, you know, gone from a little pop-up shop basically to um, something which is uh, now gaining really strong momentum and just heading in a really exciting direction. So, so yeah, it's just, it's happened naturally over the course and nothing that's majorly new, even though, you know, the NFT platform, I guess you could argue is it's, it's quite, it's quite new. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, it's, it's really just, it just comes from an authentic place because since starting, it's always been about driving change and, you know, it's just doing more and more of that. And as, as we kind of, as everything matures and gets different and more exciting and technology advances, then we just, we're, we're always uh, on the lookout and, you know, ready to embrace those, those changes. God, that, that in itself is a lot. Yeah. And my dog's just, my dog's just come back from a holiday. Um, so he's back in the gallery, so I'm sure that'll bring a lot of footfall. <laughs> yeah, and I think if anyone doesn't already follow your dog on Instagram, they definitely should. He's probably the trendiest dog on Hanover Square. And also just Hanover Square is, is just going from strength to strength since we moved in. I mean, the, the Hanover Square itself has just undergone like a full facelift and pace of just moved in across the road uh, directly opposite and the mandarin oriental is opening up across the street and Crossrail station is opening up very soon hanover square is is, is fast becoming like you know a, a, a hot spot really like for art and it's nice to have that kind of disassociation from cork street has always been quite important for us we never wanted to be in like the, the kind of the heart of heart of mayfair because it just never felt right for us you know um uh, we, we like, it was more exciting for us to be nearer the apple store than it was to be nearer like the royal academy in many ways you know um but 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 it feels like, with, especially with Pace moving in and, and all the redevelopment of the square that's just taken place, I think this part of Mayfair now feels like it's really vibrant. Yeah, I think we've definitely noticed that with um, our Queen's office being just around the corner in Fitzrovia. Hanover Square just seems to be going from strength to strength, which is which is really great to see, I think. And um, look, Joe, it's been great to have you today. And I think we've all thoroughly enjoyed learning a little bit more about NFTs, Institute, Unit, and kind of what's going on at the moment um with you so thank you very much for giving up your time uh it's been great chatting with you yeah pleasure man thank you for having me no problem at all i'm speak soon and that just about concludes us for the latest episode of temporary admission make sure to tune in in about a week or so where we'll reveal details of a very exciting top secret project until then stay safe speak soon Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.